Hello, and welcome back to Practically Political. I'm Dave Spencer. And I'm Carrie Sheffield. Let's get to it, Dave. All right, so I just came from a ceremony at Capitol Hill where Kevin McCarthy, your favorite speaker, uh, signed into a, a bill that's going to go over to President Biden's desk, and he says he's going to sign it. And I was struck because you had 33 Senate Democrats, all the Republicans, and 31 House Democrats in this bipartisan bill, very bipartisan, uh, passed this week, and it's to stop the rewrite of the criminal code of D.C. Do you think we've kind of hit the the crest here, and then you have the election in Chicago uh, where Lori Lightfoot, she's out. Do you think that we're finally going to see an improvement of safety in our big cities? Well, let me say a few things, if I may. First of all, this reminds me of our favorite term, right? The The circular firing squad. (laughs) I just do not understand when crime was perhaps one of, if not the biggest issues, why this bill would be passed. It's like healthcare for illegal immigrants. I just, it makes no sense to me. But having said that, let me take a a step back and say a couple things. First of all, to answer your question, yes, I do think people are starting to react. Don't forget in San Francisco, they recalled the DA because he wasn't prosecuting people. You know, school board members have been recalled. I think you know, even liberals have their limits. But what I wanted to say was two things. First of all, the Democrats, as you've heard me complain many times, can be whips. And there's no bigger issue where they've been more craven on crime. They just totally surrendered the issue. There is no evidence that there is more crime in democratic areas. In fact, rural areas, which are, tend to be red, often have more crime. Bakersfield, California, Kevin McCarthy's hometown, Republican mayor, higher homicide rate than LA or San Francisco. So this is an issue that the Democrats just wimped out on, and uh, it's equally bad on both sides. But I do think, yes, the, st- the tide is starting to turn. People have had enough, and you will see, uh, I think you're going to see more effort- efforts made on police and more efforts made to uh, address the crime issue. What, what say you? Well, I, I need to look at those stats uh, as far as rural areas uh, per capita, I'm not sure that that's the case, but I will look into that. Um, But yeah, no, I I think this is something we agree on in the sense that, well, it's the most basic function of government is to provide safety. You know, if you can't even get the basics right, uh, and it's people of color who are hurt the most when you defund the police. So that's both from a moral argument and just from an overall quality of life argument. I think it was definitely the right call. And what was interesting at the ceremony was they had a woman, and I spoke to her afterward a little bit. She was kind of the the impetus for this bill, at least they introduced her that way. She was a victim of rape, uh, and she was really upset because this would allow uh, rapists out on the street much easier, basically. And she is a Democrat, and that's what was interesting. And she said she's been getting all kinds of heat from her fellow Democrats for speaking out about this. And she worked with the Republican House sponsor on this bill. And um, she said, I'm willing to take the heat. Well, it's good. And I think, you know, common sense in the end uh, was the rule of the day. And I think that there are certain, if you cross certain lines, just people have a bipartisan uh, reaction. That's certainly true in some things. Uh, But speaking of that, my question for you is, as you know, Tucker Carlson has, uh, with this whole Dominion lawsuit against Fox, a lot of the true feelings of the Fox host have come out and 
Tucker Carlson's true feelings for Donald Trump were revealed. I think uh, demonic force, uh, good at breaking everything. The you know the list the list goes on and on. And of course, this was also uh, given aided by the fact that once again Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson all this footage and he he, re, he rewrote the narrative uh, as to uh, what happened on January 6th. And so I guess my long-winded question for you is, does Tucker Carlson have a shred of credibility left? And Sean Handy, Laura Ingram, Rupert Murdoch, they all admitted that they knew the 2020 election wasn't stolen. So is the Republican Party going to finally be able to move past denialism on some levels? More than they have? Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, all this evidence, it's its really indefensible, uh, the, the behavior. Uh, and the fact that Lou Dobbs, he's already out. I think he's, he's not going to be the only one that you're going to see pushed out. Um, I think we're going to see more changes. So stay tuned on that. Um, I do Scott, think, I've though, that the fog, fall woman rumored. We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, Rupert's a savvy operator, so he wants to keep the ship running. So and and I think as far as, uh, you know, January 6th, I mean, that was one of the worst days in modern U.S. politics. Horrible, horrible day. Uh, I think all of us say things in the heat of a very stressful moment that we regret. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, so I think when you look at actually Donald Trump's reaction to Tucker Carlson, which is actually no reaction, that's very telling. Uh, he wants to put it behind him. Also, um, I think the the notion of of having you know one private conversation and then a public conversation, that's something that you see in politics. That was Hillary Clinton when she said with her speeches, you know, I have a private position and I have a public position. Um, these, these texts and things remind me a little bit of the DNC leak as well, where you had, you know, certain conversations uh, were said or certain things were said in private and then different things were said publicly. So as far as politics is concerned, that is nothing new. Um, and then as far as the, uh, you know, the election itself, I mean, I, I think what they're going to say is, hey, we were just interviewing people and, the, and this is what they were saying. And so I think at the end of the day, they'll probably be fine in the courtroom. Um, I think there's also important uh, distinction between the news division and the opinion division at Fox. Uh, and I think that's something to keep in mind because Fox has some amazing journalists. You had you know, one who was seriously wounded in Ukraine last year reporting about the conflict there. Uh, Brett Baer, I think, is a really good journalist. And, um, and and I think the opinion team does some great reporting also. But when you have an angle, um, you're pushing a cause. Um, again, I don't think we should all be judged by our worst moments. Dave, do you? No. And I, I would, a couple of reactions. I'm not sure what you were talking about when you said Donald Trump stayed silent. He put out very quickly on True Social how correct Tucker Carlson was. And, you know, he's been talking about pardoning the insurrectionists. So I haven't seen any calming down or any lack of doubling down on his point. But a couple of things really well, stick no, out. I meant, I, I meant to, what I meant on that was that he, Trump is not angry at Tucker Carlson for Tucker Carlson's private statements. That's what I mean. Uh, well, no, I mean, again, there's no such thing as bad publicity. He's proved that in his mind. But a couple of things, you know, we're pragmatists on this show. So a couple of things really uh, I'm flummoxed by. First of all, you know, 
September, January 6th is, is an issue Democrats love to talk about. I mean, they basically ran the entire 22 midterm election on January 6th. So why the right would want to purposely bring up this issue, I don't understand. It, it's a little bit of self-immolation. Secondly, the timing on this is really uh, questionable to me. With all the stuff that Fox is going through right now, with their re reputation being shredded. And frankly, I think they're at a real risk in this lawsuit. It's a very hard thing to prove, but they, when it, when it comes to a defamation lawsuit, they're, let's just put it this way, they're scared. So why, why now? Why just reinforce everything? It just makes, it just makes absolutely no, no sense to me. So we'll have to see. And again, you know, the, the big Lee, the big alive believers, they've done terribly. So they, yet they keep doubling down. I guess the moral of this story, sadly, is just like I've never seen a party more terrified of its voters in today's Republican Party. I've never seen a network more terrified of its viewers than Fox News. And that's a very sad uh, commentary on things. But my second question for you is the 2024 election. And the Republican Party says that it really wants to move past Donald Trump, but yet Larry Hogan is the only Republican who's actually come out and said, I will not support Donald Trump if he's the nominee. Everyone else says, oh, I'm going to support the Republican nominee, whoever it is. So, and a lot of these people that have said, oh, we're not going to give him money. It's, well, it's because he's losing. It's not because they don't think he's a threat to democracy or that any of that stuff. So I guess, you know, what's your advice to the party and what's your hope? Because the big lie stuff doesn't work. The GOP is heading for another loss in 2024. What should the party do? Okay, how do we, Donald Trump is not ready to move past the Republican Party, even though the Republican Party is ready to move past him. Thoughts? Well, if you look at polling, uh, polling actually, some polls actually have Trump ahead of Biden. So that's not exactly true in the sense that he's not positioned to lose. I think a lot of people with Biden are very disaffected and see someone who is really incompetent and doesn't even have basic cognitive function. So having someone like President Trump uh, would be a welcome relief compared to Biden. Great so cognitive function with Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I mean, you don't, I don't agree with everything he says or his tweets or everything he does. But uh, as far as cognitive function, I would put him light years ahead of Joe Biden. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the, uh, the, the field, um, I personally, and I've said this before, I'm not going to back a horse. Um, I want whoever is going to win the primary. I, I think I want the most conservative candidate, viable candidate. I think if Trump were to lose the nomination and then be a third party candidate, that would go over really, really poorly. Um, and I think it's interesting, uh, no labels has qualified, I believe, in Arizona, and they're trying to possibly qualify on other ballots to run a possible third party spoiler, which would more likely draw from Biden than from a Republican. So there could be lots of different factors to play here. Uh, I do agree with you, though, that focusing on the 2020 election is just a stinker for the Republican Party. They need to let that go. Um, and they need to. Yeah, I, I agree. They need to focus on, um, you know, stopping all all of the, the voting 
um, methods that were rammed through without legislative approval. They should be vigilant about that. Um, they can talk about that. But I think the the Dominion stuff and those sort of conspiracy theories, yeah, those are losers and they need to move past those. Um, I think the, the DeSantis thing, I'm actually reading his biography right now. Uh, and I'm really, I'm really enjoying it because uh, I'm seeing a guy who has put public service at the forefront of his entire career. I mean, he went from Harvard Law where he could have made, you know, millions of dollars at a white shoe law firm, but instead he chose to be a naval JAG um, and then went to serve in Congress and now is the governor. So, uh, and that's been his whole career, basically. He's never, uh, I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, Republicans, part of why they like Trump is because he is, has worked in business. Ron DeSantis okay. has always worked in public service. Uh, so it'll be, he's more of a traditional Republican in that sense. So that's what I think will be an interesting uh, oh, and what, another interesting thing that Ron DeSantis said in his book was that uh, he helped to found the Freedom Caucus, and he said that they helped pave the way for Trump, uh, which is really interesting. So uh, we'll see what happens. Any inequality paved the, the the road for Trump, that more than more than anything we'll see. And again, I think that Ron DeSantis is going to go the way of Scott Walker in 2016. That's my prediction. I don't think he'll 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 be the nominee. But again, I guess what worries me is that you hear people saying, oh, Trump's terrible. He did this. He did that. But if, not, if he's a nominee, I'll support him. Is that what you're still saying? Are you going to support the Republican nominee, irrespective of who it is, even if it's Trump? Yeah, I would if it is Trump. And here's the thing, Dave. I How think about if it were Nick Fuentes or David Duke? Would you, uh, support, would you support the Republican candidate if it were one of those two, those two men? I mean... No, it's you wouldn't. Okay, so sub subverting the rule like, of demo law, democracy, and inciting okay. an insurrection is okay, but you know, I don't know. I, well, where do you draw the line? I guess, obviously, in my mind, not far enough. But well, neither of those guys is going to get it, and if they did, then yeah, I wouldn't support but them. That's but that's what here's everyone the thing says. That oh, don't worry, Trump's not going to get it. That's what they said in 2016. No, I, I'm not saying we're, Trump could very well get it. Tape over and over again. No, no, no. I'm saying Nick Fuentes is not going to get it. Trump could very well get it. Um, and if he does, then I would. But I here's the thing. When people say uh, the Trump was this existential threat to democracy, I think that's a lie. I don't agree with that. Because if, if it was true, no, but a lot of people do say that. And, and I think that that's not true. And if it was, then I wouldn't support him. Um, because... He, he's coming. So, so everything that he did with the 2020 election, that was his same approach. He brought his same combative litigation minded self to the Oval Office. That's how he operated his entire life. So it wasn't about specifically, I want to destroy democracy. It was about, I am a litigious person and I'm going to fight for, for what I believe is right, uh, a tooth and nail. And so that's really what it was. He was not an agent of Russia, despite millions of dollars and the Mueller report. Trump was exonerated. Yeah. But the, the, the mainstream media has has undermined him at every turn. So there's so many lies about him. And again, he would be prosecuted if he actually had incited a, an insurrection. There's a very technical legal definition of it that his net, that threshold has never been met. So it's a lie to say that he incited a direction. It's, it, it's, it's absolutely not true. Well, I, we will agree to disagree on that one. But the thing is, I think it's, this is putting the best possible face on it. You know, when, when you look at all the stuff that, that he's done, 
you know, he basically defrauded the American people and tried to overturn a free and fair election. Now, I think your argument was valid, even, even though it's a push, until Election Day 2020. After that, everything changed. And I remember even saying to myself, when they called Pennsylvania for Biden that following Saturday, and he had, and he had, he had won, I said, you know what, we got off easy. Trump could have done a lot worse. And sadly, the damage that he did after the election was far more were, was far worse than before the election. And people just, that's one of the things that he's been so good at. He's, he's lowered the bar so much that people, even people that follow it all the time, and we just get so dumbed down by it that nothing seems to phase us anymore. He can call up people and ask them to, to change votes and he can, you know, consider all this stuff. But anyway, so we, we will see. My only advice or my only hope is that the Republican Party can move on. And I would love to give that advice to the Democratic Party, too. You've heard me say many times that Biden should not run. And I wish I could do anything to make him not run. I think the country would be best served if neither Donald Trump nor Joe Biden were the nominees in 24. That we can agree on. Uh, we can agree a lot of people believe that. And we can agree on Biden, yes. Oh, um, God, right. Jerry, Last come question, on. Dave. Last question. Uh, do you think that TikTok should be banned on all devices, not just government devices? There was a New York Post investigation. They posed as both, a, I think, a, a teenage boy and a teenage girl. And the reporter was served all sorts of uh, really just disturbing material on TikTok. Uh, they also did YouTube, which is very telling, too. It's an American company. But I want to focus on TikTok today specifically. Do you think it should be banned? I mean, the way that TikTok is allowed in China compared to the United States in terms of the algorithm, they're not allowed to see that sort of garbage in China. They don't want to poison the minds of Chinese children. Um, do you think TikTok should be banned in the US? Well, they're not allowed to see a lot of stuff in China. Some of it you would say you could call garbage, some of it you could call not garbage, but I will be very happy to take uh, our system. So to answer your question, no, I don't think that they should be banned from uh, private phones. I think the government, I think states have a right to ban it. I think the federal government has a right to ban it when you consider uh, what uh, information can be gleaned. But, you know, private citizens make their own choice. You know, China is an amazing country with history. But when you go there, your phones, your room may be bugged. Your phone may be bugged. You may be turning over information that you don't want. But that's a personal choice that you make. So I think uh, it should be it should be it should be left up to the individual. I think TikTok is. Uh, not healthy in a lot of other ways, uh, not besides the communist, the Chinese Communist Party getting a lot of data. How about you? Uh, I think it should be banned. I think it's psych psychological warfare. So 100%, I don't think it should be allowed. Or if it's going to be allowed over here, it should be the same settings that they have in China for the Chinese population in terms of the horrible, suicide inducing, mind numbing content that is allowed on American citizens, but not allowed on Chinese citizens. I think but that, that stuff that's, is allowed pretty... on. But that stuff is allowed on a lot of a lot of other social media too. It's not just not just TikTok. I mean, the, what's 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 unique about TikTok is it's controlled by the by the CCP. It, but what's not unique about TikTok is it has the same detrimental qualities to society that all social media does. So you know, if you're going to yes. pick on TikTok, yes, you're proving you should... my point. You're proving my point, Dave. It's the toxic combination of the two.
Right, but if you, but if you, based on that, you'd have to bat, you know, you have to do the same with Facebook or YouTube or a lot of the, a lot of these other ones, and then we're getting into the whole censorship. No, 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 thing. no, no, no. The difference, the difference is the CCP. But anyway, well, right. we got to wrap it right there, Dave. <laughs> Great All right, be. folks. Well, thanks again for joining us for another great episode of Practically Political, where we talk politics and it's always civil despite our disagreements. I'm Dave Spencer. And I'm Carrie Sheffield. We'll catch you next time.